one of the best ways, like it, there's literally a stat that I pulled from a survey in an email from Pod News a few months back where some professional podcast study did a study and they found that the number one way that people were finding new podcasts was not social media. It was actually from word of mouth sharing. So the fact that you are getting people who consume your podcast episodes and love your content and are sharing it with other people, that is literally the fastest way to grow. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendable. Erin is a nine to five dropout turn brand podcast partner who specializes in guiding six to seven figure online coaches and mentors, particularly existing podcasters to create binge worthy podcasts. When their current podcast strategy isn't quite hitting the mark, her unique approach to podcast strategy audits everything from the ground up identifying gaps, sourcing creative solutions, and incorporating human design to tailor strategies to her clients' unique personalities and energy levels. Erin believes podcasts can expand you, amplify your voice and your mission, and deepen your community connection, all while supporting your business strategically without overcomplicating your actual life. She has guided clients who launch their shows scared ishless then hit apple's top 100 in one day i need some tips she's helped grow podcasts that her clients are obsessed with shows that bank them over 1k downloads per episode make passive sales and get lots of love in the dms while they sleep erin you're timely thank you so much for being on the show welcome to the show Thank you so much, Linda. I am just happy to be here. (laughs) I'm very excited for today's conversation. Girl, I'm so excited because I see that you got a lot of strategy and let's talk about it. Like, let's talk a little bit of how you got into it and then let's go into straight into strategy. Sounds great. So I will tell you, like my bio says, I was in the nine to five grind. I have three small children. And after the birth of my third child, I literally turned 30, like within days after she was born. And I could just foresee the next five years of her toddlerhood and her being the last child. And I was like, I don't want to be on this train. I don't want to feel like I only have a couple hours in the evening to spend with my kids and miss out on getting them off the bus and all of those typical things that you have to do when you're working full-time away from the home. So I knew that I could apply my skills and I was in a pest control company. I worked for a pest control company and um, did HR, did administrative work and was essentially the go-between person between the husband and wife owner and then the rest of the company. Um, So I knew I could apply my skills online and do something from home, but I didn't know exactly how that worked. So I did like what most people might do when they find the online space that we're immersed in. And I became a VA. So I started doing graphic design for people on Instagram and just odds and ends. I knew how to do things with websites. So I would help people on the back end. Um, and within about six months, I realized I needed some direction. So I hired a coach. She helped me push forward with where I wanted to go. And within the next six months, I was able to actually leave my nine to five completely and work from home. And that same time period, I got into podcasting. I worked with another podcast producer and my husband actually had all the equipment and was in a podcast himself. So I was used to the recording side here at home, um, but not the actual production side. So I learned through somebody else's team and being a part of that environment and then realized what areas 
appealed to me most and ended up branching off and doing it on my own. So that's where I went. I started doing podcast production and then never looked back. And then as I've gotten further along, helping clients launch, helping clients go through, you know, bringing their show to life to doing all the backend tasks that have to be done, like the editing and the graphics and promoting it and all of that stuff, I started to lean harder into strategy. And primarily my clients are business coaches. So knowing how their businesses work and the kinds of offers that they offer to their clients, you know, from one-on-one coaching to high ticket, to memberships, to all of that stuff, we had to kind of integrate how does their podcast fit into that strategy and that funnel while also still serving them. Um, And within the last year or so, I would say I actually ended up working more with existing podcasters than people launching new shows, which I did not expect. I rolled out this wonderful launch program and then ended up working with existing podcasters. So it was kind of funny how that ended up playing out. But now, you know, I find that people who've been doing it for like at least a year, sometimes it starts to feel stale or it no longer fits with their lifestyle, their schedule, what they want to talk about. You know, they know the basics, they got it down, but now they want to expand in a different way. And so they need a pivot. So that's where I am now is really trying to support those people who need strategies to kind of play and experiment and find the joy in their podcast again. Um, So yeah. I think that's such an amazing story. And it's kind of like serendipitous, I guess, because your husband already had the equipment and so boom you you went in all in into the podcast game so let's talk a little bit about strategy how what is the number one question that you receive when you first talk with like a potential client or lead what are they asking you Mm, that's a good question oh man okay so it varies I don't think that there's one particular question that is like the hot button, but I will say one that does come up more often is this like feeling bored and lackluster. So they're trying to find, it's not necessarily a specific question that they ask me, but it's more like a feeling. So they'll come to me and they'll be like, my show's just not, it's just not where it needed to be. Or they've, a lot of the time they've taken a break. So they had the show for maybe a year and then it started to just feel overwhelming. So they take a break for a couple of months and they still feel that call and that drive to want to have the podcast. Their audience ate it up when they had it, but the way that they were doing it just isn't working anymore. And it doesn't matter if they had a team behind them doing all of the back end stuff or just maybe one person helping or they're doing it themselves. It just doesn't feel fulfilling. So we drill down into, you know, then I start asking the questions. We start drilling down into why didn't it feel fulfilling? What was it that was overwhelming? Do we need a back end system to be more refined in our workflow for ourselves or our VA or our team or whatever it is? Or is it that the content that you're talking about is so repetitive and routine that it's making you feel trapped and that you can't talk about the things you really want to talk about? I like to use, you were talking about strategy. I love human design. I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but I, you're not. Okay. So human design combines astrology and lots of different mediums to help you get a picture of how you operate It's kind of like the Enneagram, but taken to a different level. So it's not just your personality, but it's also your energy levels and how you make decisions and navigate the world and where you feel that like deep pull calling for what you want to impact. Um, So I use human design to help me better understand some of those things about my clients on a general level. So for example, I have worked with people, lots of people that are manifesting generators, which means that in the very like highest way, bird's eye view that you could look at it, these are people who like to be multi-passionate and hop around with things. So they are constantly putting up new offers if they're business coaches, let's say. They are diving into different hobbies every couple of months, let's say. If they do one thing and solely one thing over and over and over again, it becomes repetitive. It becomes stale and boring and they hate it and they will quit. So finding how do we continue with a podcast that is repetitive because you're putting out episodes probably every week to your listeners, right? How do we find a way for that to not feel boring for you? 
that would be a question I would ask them and we would explore, you know, do we need to only plan content for like a month or two or no further than a quarter out? Do we need to have an internal check-in every quarter to make sure that it still feels fresh? Do you need to change up what types of topics you're covering? So if it's a business podcast, it's not all about business. You're integrating like what you bought from Amazon this week as an episode, you know what I mean? To connect with your community. So there are things like that, that I look at as well. So you're balancing the structure of your podcast, making sure it's serving your people, but it's also fulfilling you deep down. And I think some of that gets lost when you've done it for so long, if you don't sort of change things up and play around a bit with your podcast strategy. Yeah, I, I'm lucky that, you know, we've, I've had the podcast officially in August for a year posting every week. I only missed one week because um, we were moving and I and I did miss one week. But I will say I, I'm not feeling bored <laughs> because I get to have like really cool conversation with really cool people like you. And I feel like I guess I guess what you're saying is that human design is kind of like a test, like a personality test that helps you kind of like see what type of personality that they have that can best like that you can best build out a strategy that they can feel fulfilled in and everything like that. Okay. So let's talk about, let's say you you say you work with a lot of coaches, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's say there's a coach and they want to sell their offers and then they want to utilize their podcast to do that. How would you say they they would go about in forming a strategy? Is is that something that that you get asked? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely something that we look at and we would play with too. So I always would come back to, and this is my preferred method, but it doesn't work for everybody. But to me, you know, if you have a typical podcast that is a free public platform, you definitely would not want to jump your listeners straight from that into like high ticket one-on-one coaching right? That's thousands and thousands of dollars. It just doesn't make sense for a logical sort of stair-steppy funnel. But if this is the general spot where most people are finding you and connecting with you, then I look at it as more of a nurturing opportunity. How can you nurture those conversations that you are now creating in the, you know, between you and your listener, even though they're not on the other end of the mic, when you are recording episodes, you're still generating conversations in your community. They're getting to know you. They're getting to know who you are, what your values are, your stories, your brand through your podcast. And even if you have other people on, it's again, you're highlighting conversations that value are valuable to you. So that said, I would logically think from a business umbrella and like brand umbrella, what would make the next step easy for them that would take them from the podcast when they're not listening to another layer deeper in your brand? So could that be a freebie? Could that be a community space that you have like a Facebook group or, you know, some kind of your broadcast channel on Instagram, you know, whatever it is, if you hang out on stories all the time on your Instagram, then you're driving people over there to come communicate with you when they're not listening to the show. So, or maybe it's your email list. Whatever it is, you want to incentivize them to move out of the podcast app and drill into your brand a layer deeper, right? So sometimes that would be something free, something low ticket, some kind of community space, like I said. But either way, you want to give somebody an opportunity to speak back with you. And like reviews is great. We need reviews for visibility for the podcast, but it's just not enough. You want them to come send you a DM and comment on that episode that you released or go talk to you in your Facebook group and things like that. So we kind of look at it as a stair-stepping funnel. Where can you take them off of the podcast app that would make logical sense and be incentivized for them to actually do it and then go further into your funnel? Amen. So that's just general. Like that would be my strategy for, Hey, this is definitely what you would put in your outro, but that doesn't mean that you certainly can't sell or promote other offers or masterclasses or your course that you're launching or your black Friday offer by all means, like put your own ad, mention your own stuff in your episodes, of course, but for a general, like this is the general funnel from podcast to the next layer. 
that's what I would plug into an outro for sure. Oh, okay. Almost like, you know, mentioning maybe our Monetizing Mompreneur Society membership where we help mompreneurs grow their business with bundles and summits. So if you're listening to this episode at the moment, you can go <laughs> ahead and plug in to the Facebook community, get on the wait list, or if our doors are open, sign in. Is that a good way? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. A thousand percent. A shameless plug. A shameless <laughs> plug. <laughs> on my own podcast but um okay so I have a question let's say because a lot of people get started right so like for me I just wanted to get a podcast started it wasn't really about the numbers and I started my podcast when I look at my podcast it says three years ago so I started three years ago but then I came back because I, it was just life and busy and stuff like that and I never changed the name well I did change the name I changed the name uh, at first, it was like the Linda Mendable show. I was like, you know what? Let me align it with my Facebook group. And now it's monetizing mompreneurs. And what I did was I said, I decided to be consistent for, for the year, which I did. And I and continue to be consistent, obviously. But let's say someone is trying, someone like me, trying to get onto Apple's 100, you know, is it possible? Because I hear that you have to kind of like just do a certain type of launch when you first bring out your podcast into the world, right? Yes, I will give you, and this is where, you know, I will say, I feel like I marched to the beat of my own drum in the podcast space, because I don't think that my beliefs 1000% align with everybody else, every other podcast manager out there, which I mean, you know, everybody has their own beliefs. So I would tell you right out of the gate <laughs> that and I have had clients, okay? I would tell you right out of the gate that context matters, right? What you're coming to the table with can very much dictate that initial outcome. So, and to me, you know, podcast success is defined by that individual host and the way that your show is successful may be vastly different than somebody else and how they consider their show successful. It also will vary depending upon what season you're in, what time you're in, in your business and your life and what goals you have. Right. So that being said, I will tell you a perfect example. I had a client once who had an incredibly large Instagram following already. That was where she primarily showed up. She had a large following. And when I say she had a large following, she also had a very active following. She could put up anything mentioning an offer that was coming out and people would jump all over it before she'd even announced details, the name, et cetera. This woman can sell. Okay. And she just had a vibe and energy and her community was all about it. Still are. That being said, when we were getting ready to launch her podcast, she would tease, which I definitely recommend going into a podcast launch. You want to tease what's coming. Not everybody is able to do that. Not everybody does that. And that's okay. But that being said, when she actually hit launch and she launched her show with her trailer, she was in the top 100 of Apple podcasts on day one. She had easily a thousand downloads in the first week. Now, on average, most of my podcasters can still have a launch. They don't have that large of an audience on social or that's that active and like ready to go. Um, and they will, you know, hit the top 100 and top 50 within the first month or two, maybe. They may not even hit a thousand downloads on their show until two months in. And that's more average, like the average, if you take every podcast, not just in the business space, but every podcast, it is 50 downloads in the first month is what's average, not a thousand in the first week. So it really just depends on where you're starting from. I will also add to that, that your category matters because that's where your ranking is in whatever category you're put in Apple podcasts. And I'll add another layer here in the United States, Apple podcasts is the most popular listening app, but globally there are more Android users than there are Apple users. So if we only look at Apple podcasts as a reflection and your podcast is being published globally, you know, you may actually rank higher in other countries in your category than you do in the U.S. It could be Australia that you're ranking higher in, say, society and, cult and culture or business entrepreneurship. Maybe in Canada, you're ranking higher than you are in the U.S. So that's another thing to consider as well is what are you competing against? You know, if you have the Mel Robbins podcast that's under business entrepreneurship, then, you know, she or celebrity podcasts, for example, in that same area. And there's more in this area than there is in like 
crime on the Apple podcasts, then it may be harder for you to hit those top chart spots in your category. Okay. Let's let's talk <laughs> a little bit about numbers. I guess because I'm I'm curious. I, I wonder if if I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say my numbers just yet because I feel like we're just excited, you know. <laughs> but yeah. where would you say like when a show is published, where would you say you're at a good space like to keep on growing? That means you're resonating with your audience and stuff like that. How many downloads would you say? I know it varies and, and I understand that, but we don't want to be like American Idol and singing off the roof of our lungs, thinking we can sing and nobody wants to listen to us sing, right? <laughs> but, I, I, but I know that podcasting is a skill that we can develop and make better and just market it maybe a little bit different or better, but, but I really believe people share podcasts. Like, Hey, I listen to this podcast. Absolutely amazing. It's transforming my life. You should listen to it too. So what would you say would be the good download that you're on the right track? Like, you know, or that you need to pivot. Like if you're only getting certain downloads when you, after, I feel like after a year being consistent, you can really see, sit down and look at your numbers and see what's up. Right. Yeah. I'm, I can't throw a specific number at you, but there is a chart that I use um, and I cannot remember off the top of my head, but it will tell you, and you can Google this. You can look at what you would want to type in is like how many download numbers would put me in what percentage of Apple podcasts. So like how many downloads at this point for my show overall, would it mean that my show is in the top 5% of podcasts or the top 10% or the top 20, 50, 100? That would give you a better gauge to kind of know where you're sitting. But I would say there are so many variables. So a couple of things that you mentioned that I definitely want to comment on, you know, there's another, like the very first client that I had that I worked with, what we launched her podcast. She actually doesn't release episodes every single week. She releases three weeks in a month and then takes a week off. So if you compare her show to somebody who releases weekly or somebody who releases twice in a week, the download growth in the same amount of time. So say a year is going to be drastically different just based on how many episodes are being published. The other thing is, Downloads are important. Yes, it's a great measure for us to look at, but of course it's not the only ROI or metric that you can look at, which is why I feel like the heart-centered side of, do I feel good about podcasting? Am I getting DMs? Am I getting people leaving me love and sharing the show is also equally as important for an ROI to see that return. Um, because you can have a really successful show that doesn't have thousands of downloads that you are monetizing. You know, I have had clients who, are getting a thousand downloads. They've had their show for about two years and they have a big well-known sponsor. And, you know, are they making sales directly into things that they offer in their business or affiliate marketing? You know, is that sponsorship paying them back enough to warrant how much effort they're having to put into it? You'd have to ask yourself that question versus somebody else who is maybe averaging between 300 and 500 downloads an episode at this point in time, hitting about two years into the show, releasing episodes once a week consistently, like you are every single week, hasn't missed a week or maybe missed one. And they are consistently getting core sales and DMs constantly. So it just, it really does depend on what you're doing. I would also add that the more niche the podcast, probably the better. Um, but again, it just depends on what you're looking to do with it. So you really, I would say if I was going to sit down with a client and be like, okay, is it growing? Is it not growing? Do we need to pivot it? That sort of thing. I would look at how much it's growing. Are we being consistent and seeing it slowly increasing? Are we seeing it decreasing? I would also look at, you know, cause again, that very first client that I had, it was a slow for six months and then things kicked up a notch. And also what mattered in that department was we increased marketing. You know, where was she marketing? How often were we mentioning the podcast and making, getting that awareness out there? Sometimes that can be a little slow and a little hard. So it's really, I would only compare yourself to yourself 
you know what I mean? And look at those download numbers and see them going up. But like I said, you know, I could subscribe to a podcast and it's going to automatically download those episodes to my phone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm listening to them every single week. So, you know, the back end of your Apple podcast account shows you the episode consumption rate. That would literally show you this particular episode is being consumed on average by your listeners 90% of the way through, or this episode may have been downloaded by everybody who subscribes or follows your show, but it was only consumed 30% of the way through. So that would give you more insight as to what topics are my listeners actually enjoying versus you know, I still have great average downloads coming to their phone, but they're not actually listening or they're listening halfway through and they got bored and now they skipped it. Those would be the kinds of things that I would look at. I think this is great because, you know, like I didn't, I am not too familiar with strategy with podcasting, you know, um, I am more of a brand strategist. And I believe that if you can align everything to position yourself in the, as an authority within your niche, then that really, you know, sets the tone on your growth, right? And and how you're articulating because we can only grow as fast as what we're able to do, you know, mm -hmm. especially if let's say we're doing one-on-one -on -one products, right? Like one-on-one -on -one service and you can only take a certain amount of clients per month, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to maybe having sales and everything like that, but you can only promote it as much as you're able to show up on certain things, Right. Um, like for me, I have been more consistent, not in the marketing side of it, but I, I've been more consistent of just getting a show published. That was my first thing. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about like posting the episodes, even though I know that those are important, like in social media, but I was more concerned of just being consistent and having guests come on the show and then, you know, um, email and showing the show in my email list for sure. Mm -hmm. As far as, so if you're listening, get on the email list because you'll, you'll definitely get some insider peek. But um, when it comes to that, that's what I was focused on. But now I'm like, okay, I want to start growing and I want to start, you know, and, and I love how you are. And you need to follow Erin on social media on Instagram because she, she is hilarious, number one. And you have so much personality, the way that you, you give the information. And I want to know what you know if I have this question and like hey what numbers do I need now that I have a flow and stuff like that what numbers do I need to look at what you know I feel like this is going to be a great episode for them and I know I've been on a tangent and rambling but I do have a point my whole point is is that I feel as though is what you said think about already the impact you're making like I don't ask for testimonials on my podcast and I got a testimonial you know on a Sunday this week. And I was like, wow, that really made my day. I did. I don't ask for it. She did. She brought in a testimonial, touched my heart. I was like, wow. So I feel like those are big, those are big deals, right? Are you impacting your community? Are you giving them items that they want to listen to? I don't know how to check the back end of that Apple, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do see what episodes I listen to more and mm -hmm. where I get my analytics is more like from Pinterest. That's where I post a lot of my episodes on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. um, we did an episode on chat GPT that had over 300 like views and a whole bunch of reshares and a whole bunch of saves. And I was like, I, maybe I should do my, my whole podcast about AI because that's obviously the thing right now. I mean, you know, I would always be of the mantra, give the people what they want, as long as it still supports what you feel called to share. Cause it, I, okay. I have to tell you, Linda, I think of podcasting and, and the way that we go about it, like a marriage, it's literally a marriage between the podcast host and the listener. That is what it is. The podcast is just the medium between the two connection points because you are sitting behind the mic and you are not preaching, but we are talking with our listeners that are listening, right? But they aren't in the room with us. So we have to make sure that we are opening the door for conversation to come back to us in order for us to give them more of what they want and us to still also be fulfilled that we are showing up every day or every week to be you know, sitting down and actually pouring into the mic and, and, and doing this, right. There's a reason why you feel called to share. And I mean, 
definitely also have to circle back to you talking about your goal being just to consistently show up. That in and of itself is such a hard thing to do that people don't talk about it very often. Podcasting isn't, you know, it's a long game and it can be very challenging especially as a mother, especially as a business owner, trying to fit in how you're going to do it into your lifestyle in a way that works, that's sustainable long-term. That is a huge hurdle. And a lot of podcasters don't make it to a year. So you definitely should give yourself many, many pats on the back for just being able to make it to that point. And now I'm not surprised that after you've hit a year mark and circled around that now your goals are different because, you know, showing up consistently for you is a no brainer now. So what you want to do next with your podcast or what you want to focus on growing it now in a different way or at a different rate is definitely a great goal to aspire to work towards in that following year coming now. But, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many different things that you can look at. And I, like I said, I think that you have to look at it as this, like, two sides of the same coin. It's got to be fulfilling for you. It's got to be something that serves your listener in some form or fashion in order for it to work. And if you can have multiple opportunities and multiple spaces where people can talk back to you, they will. I also encourage people in their episodes to ask specific questions, right? So if you're sitting here, you know, you have listeners, you are in their ears. It's very intimate in a way right? You are having this intimate conversation with them while they're doing something else and you're in their ears. You know, you can ask them something very specific and people will usually comment back to things that they very much agree with or very much disagree with, right? You can almost be guaranteed that if you put a post on Instagram or you put out a reel and you make a statement that's like spicy, people are going to have an opinion, right? So you can do that too in your podcast episodes. You can ask a very specific question related to whatever topic you're talking about. And that could be triggered back in them leaving your review with information about what their thoughts and opinions are, or that you want them to go to social and connect with you there or drive Drop a note in your Facebook group and community, and that's where you're carrying the conversation on even further with your listeners. I think that that's a great way to get more people to be interactive, you know, and the shows that we enjoy, unless we're just like consuming true crime stories and we're just like, you know, vegging out. I think that especially in the business space, if we can give our people more opportunities to talk back with us and feel like they're part of the show then it fuels both sides. Okay, what can, what can we talk about that's a bit spicy then? <laughs> oh, man. Goodness. Oh what has been spicy in other shows? Goodness. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, do I want to be spicy? <laughs> I mean, you know. The show again, it's too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Just those bold, polarizing opinions, right? Like, my a, a good one for me would be that I don't believe your podcast has to make you money, like directly make you sales. That one, I think, sometimes ruffles some feathers. Another one is the microphone that you choose to use. I just recently like just put something on my Instagram and was like, you don't have to have a sure brand microphone, which is what most celebrity podcasters use in order to feel like you've made it on your podcast. Like you don't have to have that super high quality, certain look or aesthetic. I mean, you can see, I know you and I are on camera, but you can see I've got a blue Yeti mic right over here. That was our first, you know, very average, very, yeah. Like everybody podcasters we we grow up our microphone I got a blue choices yeti too i was like yeah. why everybody wants the blue yeti let me see what's going on <laughs> but, i got a know, little pink i don't even use it it's up in the stand it's like a little trophy uh-huh yes i mean that's what i'm saying like we like you have a glow up as you go along as a podcaster <laughs> but you don't have to have like the best setup the best equipment you know in order to have a successful show, like your show can feel successful because of the love you're getting in the DMs and you hit the nail on the head. One of the best ways, like it, there's literally a stat that I pulled from a survey in an email from pod news a few months back where 
some professional podcast study did a study and they found that the number one way that people were finding new podcasts was not social media. It was actually from word of mouth sharing. So the fact that you are getting people who consume your podcast episodes and love your content and are sharing it with other people, that is literally the fastest way to grow. I really, a word of mouth is one of the fastest period. Word of mouth is one of the fastest in any business in whether it's, you know, what brick and mortar, even in in the healthcare, you're asking everybody, Hey, what's the good doctor? You know, you Mm -hmm. just don't go by, by just anything, even restaurants. Oh man, I got two stars. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to go there. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And it could have been like this, you know, it could have been a Karen that went in there. Sorry, Karen. If your name is Karen, it's just a figure of speech. It's not you. (laughs) Uh, maybe that's a spicy topic right there mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways you know and I feel as though and but if someone was hey you know what it has the many reviews but they changed up everything and it's amazing I would go with the word of mouth really it's amazing are you coming with me because you better not I better not go alone here you better come with me and eat it with me mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're right word of mouth is one of the best I think that you've hit some some really good points. And I think they were like, you said, have specific questions. I feel like I'm trying to be more, you know, cognizant of this because I do want to ask a question for every guest. One question that I ask each and every single guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to prep the guests, like, Hey, we're going to ask this question, think about it. And then what's going to be your answer. And I think that that can also like at the end of the show, if I ask this one question, and then it could be like that follow-up that people are waiting for that. Ooh, I wonder how they're going to answer that question that Linda always asks on her show, mm-hmm. right? And that can also lead up into that engagement and letting them go all the way through the show just to hear that last question of like, you know, she always, you know, she always, I want to hear that question because it's going to help me in whatever area that the podcast helps me in, right? I feel mm-hmm. like the podcast has to have, I guess, a mission, whether it's to entertain or to educate you know, there has to be some sort of mission, correct? Oh yeah, definitely. So when it comes to having a strategy within our podcast and we're trying to grow our podcast and hit bigger numbers, what do you think other than like people DMing and stuff like that, what do you think marketing wise can we do to help reach more? Should we do reels, you know, what would be the best, you know, is it email marketing? Is it, you know, how can we spread the word of our podcast and promote that word of mouth? If you're listening to this show, please share this episode for anyone trying to start a podcast. Yes, definitely. And share why you love the podcast so that they know what they're getting into, what you prefer about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, you know, Unfortunately, we love podcasts, but unfortunately being found through a podcast app just is not, it's not up there. It's not. I don't search podcasts like that. No. Yes. It's really just not at the level that it should be. So I completely agree with you. I think that you need to leverage other areas. I would definitely encourage you to be promoting your podcasts episodes in your email, because that is a place that you own, right? You own that space. Um, and that's fabulous. You have a, a, another layer to your own community and your email list, as opposed to like your online social media areas. So I would definitely encourage that, but I will add again, I would tease the episode content. You want to give somebody enough of what's happening in the episode, that particular episode that you're promoting, that they're going to be interested. You always got to think about it. What's in it for the listener? What's in it if they listen, right? What is going to get me to click that button in your episode to hit listen? So don't give everything away, tease it, but don't just put your like subject line, new podcast. Oh, come on. How about my Linda's new joke? (laughs) Not kidding. (laughs) But yet that would get me to open your email as opposed to like new podcast episode drops. And I see that same email subject from you every single week, right? I'm not saying from you, but I am saying I literally (laughs) saw this this week. You want to tease whatever's in that content and then put your button in there for them to listen. But beyond that, yeah, I think especially right now, you know, my particular preferred platforms are Instagram and TikTok, but 
video is king there. And being that this is an audio space, if you can record video when you were doing a podcast episode and then take clips from that to put on social media, then that's a great way to repurpose your episodes and get people to listen. Again, I think quoting yourself in some form or fashion is fabulous. Even if it's having, you know, somebody on your team, pull a transcript from the episode and you can pull like this juicy nugget of wisdom or this juicy tip, or just this one quote that you said that like really stood out and then repurpose that into something that you put on your social media. That's fantastic. Um, so leveraging, drawing more people in, through the video that's really okay. getting a higher reach it. on social is good. Yep. Cause you then, know, yeah, YouTube would be the other one, but not everybody wants to go there. Um, but you know, Google and YouTube, as far as SEO and you using Pinterest is also in that category. Those are going to be the spaces that you can leverage the most with that. Now I'm not going to say I'm going to pull a Gary V Gary V would tell you to create content for the platform that you're putting your stuff on, right? Don't just create one thing and repurpose it every single space. I kind of find a hybrid, like a happy medium with that, with strategy. So again, if you were going to take a video, if you were going to sit down and your podcast was going to be like your hero content, this is where I create the most long form content, period in my brand, then I would record video while doing it and take some of those clips and repurpose those into TikToks and reels and drive people back to my podcast. I would also put one up on YouTube shorts and make that part of my strategy. Then I can leverage the SEO of that content there where it's such a good search engine YouTube is compared to like, you know, Google is as well, obviously. Um, but TikTok also is. So I would leverage those to push back to my podcast. So it's easier to find it. Um, and then of course, yes, encouraging people to share because we know that that's great and referrals and things like that is always good. Having guests on your podcast by all means is definitely going to help you with visibility. If you're going to make it easy for your guests to promote your episodes, you want that to be as easy as possible so that they will do it. Then you can use their audience too. Um, so the, yeah, those are just some ways I would definitely market, but you know, it depends. That depends bit. again on what what energy you can pour into it. What's easy or not? Yes, you. exactly. How does one make it easy for the guests to share? Is it like an email? Say, hey, these are the social media graphics. Here's yeah. a blurb that you can customize. Here's some hashtags. Share away. Yep. If you have the bandwidth or if you have help in your business and you can do that, I would do that. So yeah, I would make that part of your process. You know, you could do something as simple as having like a Google drive folder where you dump stuff in. So if you are creating graphics that you're okay with them promoting, maybe it is a quote that they said, you could put that in there that has your podcast name and you want them to link back to the podcast. Ooh, that's you good. could do all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, you can even, you know, if you were sharing on like Instagram reels, you can tag that person in your reel. So you're on the reel and they're on the reel and then they can just share it to their stories and that kind of thing. Um, you can give them something they can put in their Instagram stories and then link directly back to the episode. Um, you know, another thing that's fun, that's not quite the same related, but it's something I like to do is I put together a Spotify playlist of all the podcast episodes that I've ever been featured on and put that in my link in bio. So if somebody wants to listen to, you know, those features, they can, they just click on the playlist and run with it. But yeah, oh, yeah anything yeah. that you can do to make it easy for them, like to just plug and play. That's yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that because I remember I had a guest. And her number one way of marketing, mm -hmm. it wasn't social media and it wasn't like, I guess, blogging. It was actually being on podcasts. Mm -hmm. That was her number one way to market her services and what she does. So when it, I love that idea that you said about putting a Spotify playlist and everywhere they showed up. I don't, I currently, I'm trying to get on podcasts, but it's for me, it's been very, very difficult for me to get on other podcasts. So mine has been very organic reach because I haven't been putting myself out there, you know, in other podcasts, which I will and definitely will do that, you know, that Spotify 
that would be awesome. It's but, kind of like you're featured in, you know what I mean? It's another way yeah. for you to show where you've been featured as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people can, I feel like in audio and in video, people can feel your energy. People can kind of like listen on the way that you communicate on the way that you give information and just your vibe, right? Like you were talking about that, that lady's vibe. She, she can just be like, Hey, I am about to sell. Yes. We're in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, shoot. That that's some that that's some magic right there. <laughs> well, and since we're talking about strategy and you putting yourself onto other people's shows, this is definitely a challenge that a lot of podcasters face. I've had clients uh, and I mean I can tell you there are like Facebook groups that you could join, but it depends on to collab with other podcasters. But also being in the online space, I know that not everybody wants to just go mingle and mix with people that have podcasts for pleasure is what I like to call them. And I told you that my husband used to have be on multiple podcasts. So I, he, his name is Joe. I refer to him sometimes in my content as like, you, you may not want to go hang out with the Joe Schmo who has a bro podcast that like he records in his basement and like, that's not your vibe at all. You know what I mean? Marketing. Yes. Yes. So, you know, joining a Facebook group to try to make those connections could feel challenging. There are other, there are other ways that you can connect with other business business owners that have podcasts to try to do features. But one of the quickest things that you could do, my biggest qualm or like caveat is make sure that you do your research before you pitch anybody and be yourself in your pitch. And this is one of those things where I'm going to pivot myself away from other podcasters who may have pitching programs and things or services that can pitch you. Those exist. I'm not going to shame on those, but I have found, yes, I (laughs) see. Because I mean, literally I have a client who I work with now. She's uh, somebody I've worked with for over two years and she gets the most cringy podcast pitches for people wanting to be on her show all the time in her email and she'll just send them to me and we'll just laugh about it because they have literally not done their research at all. You know, it's the same rinse and repeat email template that they send out to like 10 different people that day. And it's not custom to her. They're like, Oh, I love your podcast. No, no, you don't. You've never listened to my podcast. It's obvious by this email. You know what I mean? So you don't want to be that person, but what you can do if you go into like Apple podcasts and the app in particular, and like, if I was pulling up your show and if I scroll all the way to the bottom of your main show spot, it will automatically show you, it will have a little section and it will have podcasts underneath. And it's like, if you like this show, you may like these too. So it recommends other shows that may be similar to that particular show, which you can leverage this as a podcast host, go scroll down and look and see what four or five other shows it's recommending. Click on those shows immediately go look at their first or second episode and just look at the title. Do they have guests or not? You would immediately know, right? Cause most of the time people are going to put their guest name in the title or somewhere in the episode description. So if they don't have guests, don't pitch to them, right? That's pretty obvious. But then also you want to look at, okay, is it another you know, show that reaches moms in entrepreneurship, or is it another show about women in business? Because then you're going to know based on their show description and their cover and their title, what their target listener is like who they're trying to speak to. And if your audience is the same as their audience, then, you know, that's going to be an aligned connection as opposed to their favorite crime junkie podcast. Like that's not going to be the best place to go (laughs) and try to pitch yourself, right? Just for visibility. So that's a good one too. And then you could also look at side, side venues, you know what I mean? So like if you were a business coach and you wanted to get on other business coaches podcasts, you could, but maybe instead of you know, if you coach on marketing and visibility, somebody else has a business coaching business that is more in the spiritual space. You may have the same clients, but you're coaching on two different things. So your offers are not going to conflict either. So that's, you know, it's in the same world, but it's not exactly the same. You could have really good conversations that way too. And then if you're connecting with other podcasters and you have your own podcast, you also can leverage doing a swap or a collab is what I would call it. Right. So like you come onto my show, I'll come onto your show and then you're both benefiting. 
Yes, I have been invited for like, you know, a swap. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm I I'm gonna speak with someone about being a panelist in the type of a podcast. It's yeah. coming up later, guys. I'll share those episodes. Maybe I can get a clip. Can I get a clip? Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I plug know, it in. Ask, ask away, ask away, and you know, you don't have to be formal with a pitch either. Like some of my current retainer clients get the best conversations from people who are just in their DMs and like, Hey, I listened to an episode of your show. I know that we have the same type of audience. I would love to come on if you have free space and want to have a chat about X, Y, and Z conversation, or like we could speak about mom life podcasting, you know, the real crap that goes on behind your online business, right? Like you just toss it out there. It's just like making friends in DMs. And sometimes those lead to the best conversations and, and, and it's networking at the core, really. Yes. Yes. It's networking. It's, it's, that's what I, that's what I love about podcasting is like, you know, you get to meet so many different people and personalities and, and just like allow them to shine with what they know. Like, that's how I feel. Like I, I'm so invested and I'm like, wow, like this is such a wealth of information that you have and you get more of that than what you do in uh, a single, you know, IG post or even a feed, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, don't really know, you know, like, does this person know what they're talking about? Absolutely. When you get them on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You have so much more space to dive deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable here. So lately at first I, I cringed, at first I cringed just having to like, listen back to my episodes and I was like, wow, someone left me a review. Let me listen to some of these episodes, see <laughs> what they're seeing. Cause you know, I can get a little bit like, man, you know, am I doing a good job? I hope that people are resonating. I hope that is bringing value into their lives. Right. And we all go through that. So if you're growing your business, like it doesn't stop you you go, doubt becomes your best friend, but I have noticed, and I pray to God that no one talks ill of this laugh. I do all the time in almost every single episode, yo. I'm praying. I'm just be. I'm just giving like a little drop. Like, yo, if my laugh is annoying, like DM me and let me know so I can just nip it <laughs> and not do it. I You're love it. Up. I am cracking up because you know what? You'll probably get a DM from somebody that's like, no, 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 Linda. That's that's literally what I love about your episodes. Is oh my I wait for the laugh. I wait for the giggle. You know what I mean? Oh my god. Because I'm I'm wondering. I was like, yo. <laughs> I have thought very, very long and hard, and maybe it will come to fruition about creating t-shirts or some kind of like stickers or merch specifically for the phrases that my clients say the most. And they know, they know, but it's, you know, it is, it's like at this point, I'm like, that's your signature thing. You know, like if you are asking your guest a question and they they speak for a few minutes and then they're done speaking and you're going to ask another question. One of my clients will always say, I love it. And then she'll start speaking. And I, you know, when you've been editing and listening to somebody's podcast for years at this point, like you just know, you just know what those certain phrases are that are totally them. And I'm like, you just, you need this on t-shirt. You need this on a sticker or something like this is your signature thing in your podcast. And I love it. <laughs> and see, and there, I just did it too. <laughs> I say a lot of amen. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know what? I think that would be a banger. I think you should like put um as well, the word yes. um, and then put just a little mic. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. I think that um, would just go. The um, yes. Yeah. You know, lip smacks are my thing, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, there's I I have a list. I won't lie. There's a note Ooh, in my phone. I would love I one. I would love one that says, Yes, I giggle. I'm a podcaster. Yes. <laughs> I would be here for that. Right? I, I mean, let's make it fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. Cause I was. I was like, oh my gosh, Linda. I'm not annoyed by it, but someone could be. <laughs> and I just uh, I do a little, you know, a little cringe. I cringe a little. I'm not gonna say I die inside because I don't. I just cringe a bit. So where can people find you? 
y'all can find me on Instagram and TikTok. My handle is my name. So it's Aaron Tafani, which sounds funky, the last name there, but it's T-O-F-A-N-I. Um, so that's my handle for both places. And then my website is the same, AaronTafani.com. But I am mostly on Instagram. You'll see me on stories. And then also I'm playing around on TikTok too. So it's fun. Yes. You always give them some good tips. And I love like the courage that you give women. Um, Cause you were talking about the mic. Cause I did, I fell into the trap of getting that blue Yeti. It's, it's now a trophy. Like, Hey, I'm a podcaster. <laughs> you can see it back there. And, you know, I guess get yourself a trophy, get the blue Yeti just to sit on top of your desk, not to use because, <laughs> What would you say is a good mic though? Like a starter mic? So I'm looking for a mic right now. Are you? Um, I'll have to send you. There's one. There's actually, I have a resources page on my website where I've got some flagged on Amazon. I'll send that to you as well. I can't tell you the specific name of it because it's it's name and letters and numbers. Yes, but I will tell you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I the, my headphones are Audio Technica and I'm think the mic is also that, but you know, I'm using a road mic. I have a blue Yeti. We have some other ones. It really, I would encourage you when you're looking for a mic to think about where your recording space is. And there's two different kinds of mics and the way that they work is different. So like this mic, it, when I used to have a dog, he has since passed away. Oh, I'm I had so a sorry. dog. It's, it's okay. Um, you know, he could be upstairs and I'm recording in what is the basement of my house. And he could just move around on the hardwood floor with his little, you know, feet on the floor and this mic would pick it up. It was super sensitive. Whereas oh. there are other kinds of mics that, you know, it's going to be a little bubble around you and that's all they're really going to pick up. It's more like omnidirectional is everywhere. Well, I like that. Yeah. That's, that's the so. one for me. <laughs> kids running around sometimes mm-hmm. yep this is this is why I record when they're not home <laughs> but Absolutely. yeah I mean there's all kinds of decent mics in different budgets um so I'm all for using what you need for your space and then you can always upgrade your mic quality later but Rode is a good brand sure is also a good brand of course but those are like the the big bad mamma jamma. I feel like I'm a pro podcaster mics. Um, but you know, blue yetis and like the snowballs as well by blue are what is the classic that 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 the mic is like overhead? Because I would like that one. Like it just comes over your head. You <laughs> can do that with something like this one, this road mic. It just connects at the bottom here, but it's a boom arm. So you see this it's a boom arm. It's a boom arm. Yep. So you can get a boom arm that attaches to your desk. You can get one that's freestanding on the floor. And then you just orient it that way. And then you'll Ooh. screw your mic directly into it. But lots of, even your blue yeti could screw into it. Ooh, okay. I mean, yeah. I think I lost the cord because we moved. <laughs> I think the kids, I don't know what the kids did with it. But I noticed it was picking up a lot of like, it was going like that. Mm -hmm. And I bought the little pink fluffy thing to like cover it, but I haven't tested it out if it, if it will be, cause I was using it and it just would give a lot of interference. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, shoot, I don't, I don't, I don't got the time right now to research what mic I want to get. So I'm just going to hit record and that's what I've been doing. And you know what? You're better for it because nobody wants to listen to crappy audio. Just, just throwing that out there. If it's got a lot of background noise and, you know, like you were saying, the little going on. Yeah, my guest was saying, hey, you're Mike Linda. Ooh, I was like, no. Oh my gosh. I first started on my phone, on my cell phone. When Did I you? First, first started, yes. I started on my cell phone. Now That's look at awesome. me, no mic <laughs> on a desktop. <laughs> and you know, I mean, again, to each his own. I had a client who completely, we shifted her podcast because she, I'm going to be totally honest. She does most of her coaching from her bathtub. Wow. So, yes. It's echoey. <laughs> you can tell it is echoey. But... Like, are you in the bathroom right now? <laughs> I keep <laughs> so... running water. We had to think about that. Like, how can we get the best sound quality while you're still literally in the bath while you're recording with also keeping you safe? And then I've also have other clients where they have gotten a like full headset 
So they have their headphones and there's a mic attached and that works better for them than having something sitting on a desk. And then I've worked with clients in the past who recorded from their closet with a blanket over their head, you know, because they wanted the best sound quality ever and they were not doing video. So of course, you know, their mic choice would be vastly different than somebody else who's recording on video. So yeah, it truly varies. And there are so many things that you could do. I mean, even like the road makes little lavalier mics. And like you said, recording from your phone, if that's what you needed to do to get the well, podcast out there, you could clip a little mic to your shirt and record that way. You know? I, did. I did it on my phone when I first started um, because I didn't know how I didn't. I was like, how can I do? I don't know how to do this. And I had a I had a a laptop. I didn't even have a Mac yet. Did not have a Mac. I had, I was a web designer with a, with a regular Toshiba. <laughs> and then little by little, I upgraded. And then I had a, a desktop that I upgraded. But you know, where we start off is where we start off. Like, don't give up. Like you may, you may think like, oh my gosh, what is this for? I'm starting on my phone. <laughs> Who would listen? Maybe nobody at first, but then it gets better. It definitely gets better. You know, your first episode sounds so vastly different from your 50th or your 100th. Like it just, it just is. You improve as a speaker as well. You know, that's something another one of my clients would, she has said that she always wished that she had started her podcast sooner because of the networking opportunities that it opened up for her and how she has become a better speaker, a better, you know, question asker through interviews and having conversations with people, you find your rhythm and you find what you like and where you want to take conversations and all of that. But you just have to start like, and like you said, you just have to start, you have to find the way that works for you to be consistent. And then you can always add things in over time. I would rather add to something that you're doing that's working than take things away. So again, you know, if you have to start with a recording directly on your phone and then get your first mic and then you upgrade and now you have a closet full of like 10 different mics that you use for different reasons or never touch again it is what it is like you have reached whatever level in podcasting and there you go you know yeah I mean you see <laughs> so it you at just, home decor yeah. I love it uh -huh. it's, it's beautiful you know it's trophy it's a trophy mic the blue yeti is a trophy mic <laughs> so it's if you like have one yes it's like a rite of passage you have a new level unlocked when you've reached a certain stage. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> new level unlocked. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love it. All right. So thank you so much for being on the show, Erin. Absolutely love this episode. Thank you, Linda. I've enjoyed every minute. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindamendable.com. Sign up for the Blog Cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.